0: You're listening to XOXO After Dark Cast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Hi, welcome
1: to another episode of the XOXO After Dark Cast. This is Abby, and I'm here with Kate and lovely guest host Diana. And, of course, the stalwart Pat at the controls. And uh, we are looking forward to talking to uh, an author team, Harper St. George and Tara Wyatt, who have written a wonderful romance series about uh, MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. I was suddenly like, what are all those M's? It's Magic Mike and, no. Um, I wish. And so we're going to talk to them later, and now we have an idea for a new series. (laughs) Uh, And we thought we would start out inspired by our guests to talk about collaboration and working partnerships and what we like about them, whether we've experienced them, how we like to collaborate with others, or if we do. Uh, Before we jump in, I'm just going to say, check out xoxoafterdark.com for all sorts of goodies. We would love to be your partner in reading great stuff about romance. No. (laughs) Too much. That was the dorkiest. I don't think that was even close to the dorkiest I've been, first of all. Second of all, I don't think that was very supportive. Uh, but you guys should go check out xoxoafterdark.com anyway. Uh, read a free book, per- perhaps. We've got tons of those. And uh, we often have sweeps running. It's, of course, where you can find our lovely podcast and lots of great content from many, many wonderful authors. So I guess I will talk to my suddenly unsupportive co hosts. Not uh, so suddenly. You know, I'm not very supportive. Uh, I'm gonna cry in the corner. Fine, fine, Miss Miss Kate. What Long kind wolf. of collaboration? Yes, lone wolf. <laughs> Kate. What? How do you like to work with people? Or do I don't not- like working with people.
0: <laughs> no, I do like the only people that I like working with are authors. And I would say the best part about that partnership is that they do most of the work. <laughs> well, that is a
1: great part of any partnership. They have to write
0: an entire book, and I just come in and like get to you know come in at the final hour and Shut say my thoughts and then they usually listen to me and that's
1: <laughs> okay well <laughs> should we I would, not put this wait, on I, the air
2: I, I, <laughs> I would say that um that when we collaborate you and me sometimes um <laughs> you mostly... <laughs> when i'm under duress <laughs> You mostly have a great idea, a a very good sense of what you want and what you're looking for. And really, you need someone to basically just affirm.
0: (laughs) I'm looking for a never-ending affirmation. (laughs) (laughs) So Kate likes to work by consensus,
1: but still be the chairman. Yeah, I do like like
0: to be in charge. I'll I'll say that.
2: But you Um, also offer a good point of view. And usually, you know, I mean, you're always better at giving advice than taking it yourself.
0: That's true. Um, of everyone, not right. just me. <laughs> yeah. But also me.
2: Yeah. But, um, yeah. but your authors love you. So
1: obviously you have a great working rapport with them. So what are your I don't know, strategies to help in what can be a very loaded emotional relationship, because these people have been like, I've brought you my precious creation, yes, and now you're like, it is so precious, and now I will fix it.
0: It's so precious, I want to break it entirely apart and make it new. Um, No, I I will say I'm better at it with some than others. I think a lot of it takes time, Um, and getting to know people. I will say, when I've done bunches of books with people, I'm much more probably not much more affirming but certainly gentler and a little more retiring on our first round of the first edit on the first book by the time we've done three or four I have to believe that they know what I mean Um, and I think that leads me to my next point which is trust so you have to trust each other because if I I trust that you can take what I'm saying and and hone your craft and make your product even better than it is already and I wouldn't have Wanted to work on the book if I didn't believe that were the case, Um, and so and they have to trust that what I'm saying is in the book's best interest and in their best interest. And if you break that trust, I don't know how you get it back. I don't. I don't think I've ever done that with an author. And if I have, I'm sorry. Um, But I don't. I think that must be for people who collaborate really closely. The toughest thing is giving it enough time to build the trust that is irreplaceable.
2: I think it's also good your collaborations are or author editor because there's the creative side and then a little bit more of a logical I mean it's not saying neither of you you know Mm -hmm. but there's a good balance between being the creative and being able to see a little bit big picture or whatever and then being being that other side or being in the minutia of like Mm -hmm. writing and then the other side where you get to see the big picture and you're looking at it holistically and kind of like this is like Mm -hmm. you know moving it and forming it into something that works well so it's like Two pieces of a puzzle that work right. And fitting together. That's the hope. That's like the best collaboration. Right, right.
0: And you've been on both sides of it, Abby. You've done with authors, and you've also now you work more closely with a team internally. Mm-hmm. So, what's what's the biggest difference between working with an author out of house and working with a marketing team in house?
1: Um, I think the biggest difference is having to be more mindful of sort of coordination and staying looped in. And it's easier when it's me and an author where. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to do it in the way that makes sense for me and then tell them. And, and no one, our boss just cares that the book gets done and in on time. Mm-hmm. It's not like She's not she cares about behind process, us usually. you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, sometimes it's been I find it really rewarding because I uh, like I really like working collaboratively. Mm, I like being do. part of a team. Yeah, you're a I don't big talker. Really...
0: You like to go through ideas. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. I like to, to, like, let's all chip this in and, like, we've got a barn. Let's put on a show. <laughs> um, so I don't really like being the one to be like, here's my idea, and I will thrust it forth and spearhead it all the way because there's a point. I have a weird blend of... Nobody look at me, but please everybody look at me, (laughs) Um, which I have not fully resolved in my life. (laughs) But uh, I do really like the... We are a team, and we made this thing that works for people. Um, And it's been really rewarding having changed roles because there's acres of stuff I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, it's been good to to be able to take on I'm like, oh well I know what I would maybe imagine as a wish list from my editor side mm-hmm. and then Diana might come up with, Well, what if we did um this other kind of campaign online that we and I'm like, that's a thing? It's unfortunately made me think that Diana is made of magic and thus <laughs> sometimes I come and ask her for stuff and say, Can we do this? And she's like, No, for that you need um three web developers and, you know, some sort of startup company. And I'm like, oh.
2: I think the most dangerous thing someone told you was that you don't need to figure out how, to, how it works. You just need to ask for it. Yes. But that only works when you are in charge and not when you are the person who, who has to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and oftentimes she'll come up and be like, so let's just do it. And like, yeah, we don't have to figure it out. And I was like, no, 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 it is up to us to figure it out. And like, that's just not possible. But I will say, um, I think we work really well together because I think... We are kind of two two halves, or we're able to feed off of one another, so mm-hmm. it's almost like we're not one-upping each other, but we're just getting to a better place. We're complimentary, <clears throat> I think. Yeah. Um, and we spend a lot of time together, so luckily we like each other. And yeah, Diana's my life coach. Right. So. Yeah, I guess that, too.
1: Yeah. She's just fixing my life one little <laughs> bit at a time, and then sometimes one goes out Um
2: I'm sorry. I'm wearing a coat because it's freezing in the studio, and, I, and Kate has just told me that I'm squishy. It's she's so oh, wow. She, it's a little rustly. <laughs> Can you hear it on
0: the mic, Pat? I didn't notice. The- it's yes. all oh, okay. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> so please forgive it's some freezing rustling. freezing
1: in here. <laughs> we will collaborate on some soundproofing. Um, what
0: should we? So do we? We said who's coming on today? Yes,
1: we did. Actually, it's Harper St. George and Tara Wyatt, and uh, they have written the. Uh, MMA series that uh, is, I believe, oh shoot, I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's Blood and Glory, but we'll confirm with them.
2: Yes, Blood and Glory is the series and Takedown is their new book. New book. It's the second in the series.
1: Absolutely. We're going to find out how they collaborate and I wonder if it actually has to involve uh, fighting in some sort of octagon about plot points. Let's hope not. (laughs) All right. We will uh, take a little break and when we come back we will have a Tara Wyatt and Harper St. George on the line. Stick around. Okay. Welcome back. We are very excited to have two guests for the phones of one, something like that. Um, We have the lovely Harper St. George and Tara Wyatt, and they are both here to talk about their collaboration on the Blood and Glory series, which is a great uh, contemporary romance MMA uh, series that encompasses dirty boxing, takedown, and no contest. So we can't wait to hear about it. Thank you guys for joining us.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're so happy to be
1: here. Why don't we start out um, with uh, you guys giving us just a little bit, tell us a little bit about the Blood and Glory series and um, uh, why you chose MMA. What was the appeal of that one for you both?
3: Shirtless guys? Um...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, that's a great start.
3: (laughs) I mean, let's be honest, right? That's part of the appeal. For sure, these alpha guys with their shirts off and they're all muscly and sweaty and beating each other up. I mean, come on, it's hot. (laughs) But we were also, I mean, we were both fans of the sport. I started out as a fan of the sport watching it with my husband, and I kind of dragged Harper along with me and said, you have to watch this. And we started kind of talking about the stories behind the fighters. Because if you watch an MMA fight on TV, they mm-hmm. interview the fighters, they do these hype pieces where they talk about how hard they train and their lives and their families, and they have these whole other personalities outside of a sweaty shirtless guy beating the crap mm. out of somebody else. And we were really intrigued by that. And we thought that was a really interesting kind of character to look at what drives somebody to get into an octagon and fight mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's and that really was sort interesting. Of a jumping off
4: point for the story. So um, it was, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Tara brought me into it for sure, and um, she had a character in one of her previous books who, on the side, sort of did a little bit of MMA fighting. And I kept saying to her, "Tara, you have to write a book about the guys at this gym. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I want to read about." And so we started talking about it, and it just. We came up with the idea, and she was like, well, why don't we just write it together? And the idea sort of just spun from our conversations about, ooh, this would be interesting, or this would be interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, did you guys, were you friends first who found MMA, and uh, did you know each other as writers first, or did you already know each other? How did the two of you um, first connect that way?
4: We actually met through a mutual friend and became critique partners. Um, I mainly write historical, and she writes contemporary romantic suspense. So we were critique partners first, which is, I guess, how we knew we really liked each other's style. We sort of got what we were trying to say in our writing, Mm -hmm. so we knew we would be able to work pretty well together.
1: (laughs) Um, Harper, do you see a lot of... um uh, connection between writing historical romance and writing sweaty shirtless MMA romance? Are there elements that you can
4: carry over? Absolutely. Um, my historicals are, I write a lot of warriors. I write Vikings, and I write historical Westerns with outlaw heroes. So it's very much sort of they all live by the warrior code. And i that's, I think, was the appeal to me with MMA, because you have these guys who live by that same code.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, Tara, do you also, um, is the warrior trope something that really drives your uh, romance writing, or is that something that was connecting you to this as well?
3: Absolutely. So my first series was all about bodyguards, so super alpha um, hunky protectors, Mm -hmm. and then the series that I'm working on right now is all about undercover detectives. So again, Hmm. that sort of protector I don't know if I'm so far as to say warrior. I mean, they're not Vikings and they're not outlaws, but they definitely have that alpha protector kind of character um, at the foundation of everything. So, yeah, that's definitely a connection.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I, uh, I should have had my notes more on top of things. No Contest is out now, about to come out? January 29th. Absolutely. So actually, just about, by the time this goes this goes up, it'll be perfect. So, um, uh, Tara, why don't you tell us a little bit of, just about the plot of No Contest. Who are we going to meet? What delightful, sweaty, shirtless guy is going to be introduced to us in that one?
3: Sure. So No Contest is book three in the series, but they all do work as standalones. So if you haven't read the other two, no worries, you're fine to jump in here. And it features a hero by the name of Leandro Oliveira. He is a Brazilian MMA fighter, and he comes from an extremely wealthy family. Uh, So he's basically lived his life doing whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, thanks to the grace of his trust fund. And uh, our heroine is Ashlyn Fields. And she is kind of his polar opposite. She grew up not having very much money, raised by a single mom. She's had to work very hard for everything that she has. And she's been hired by the fighting league that Leandro fights in to basically rein him in. He is now the champion, and his bad behavior, like getting in fist fights at strip clubs, for example, <laughs> is reflecting badly on the organization and... Uh, sponsors are now threatening to pull their contracts because they don't want to be associated with this kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. So Ashlyn is basically brought in to rein in Leandro. Mm -hmm. And he figures, oh, I've got this. I'll just seduce her and I'll be able to do whatever I want. But (laughs) it doesn't quite work out that way.
1: (laughs) Do you think um, uh, do MMA heroes by definition have to be sort of bad boys? Um,
4: I I think so, and I think we try to really uh, pull different types of characters into our stories. Our the character and the the hero of the first book, Dirty Boxing, mm-hmm. was much more family oriented. I would say he was not the typical bad boy. Uh, the hero of our second book and Take Down. Mm-hmm. Had a tragic past. He was a little more brooding. Um, Leandro, I would say, is our first one that I would really characterize as a bad boy.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I
3: mean, Nick yeah. in the first book is definitely... He's alpha, but he's not a bad boy. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a guy mm-hmm. who loves his mother and treats people really well and works really hard for everything he has and respects people and has a great sense of humor and has never been arrested. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> like He's definitely not a <laughs> bad boy in the traditional <laughs> sense. I love never been arrested <laughs> as a, as a threshold. Yeah, right, true.
1: right. <laughs> yes. You do want to keep that one on the list. So Tara, did you find one more fun than the other to write or maybe easier to write? Do you have a preference?
3: Hmm, that's a good question. Um, You know what? It varies from book to book. Every Mm -hmm. book has its own unique challenges and every character surprises you in in ways that you weren't expecting. I guess that's why it's a surprise, because you weren't expecting it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So every book is different. Um, So I wouldn't say that one is necessarily easier or more difficult to write than the next. Each one is different. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally think I had the easiest time writing Nick's character. um, And I think it's because I... Tend to put a lot of humor in my writing and he was known for his sense of humor so I was able to play that up and I felt like I was able to really get into his head a bit more because of maybe that humor element um mm-hmm. and I'm also somebody who loves their mother and has
0: never been arrested so maybe I also <laughs> you are to also not a point. bad boy hero <laughs>
1: We were actually talking about um, collaboration and working with other people before we had you join us. And um, so, Harper, why don't you tell us a little bit about your process with Tara and how you guys, how do you create one of these great romances? How do you like to work together?
4: Um, Well, I think the first book was the easiest concept to come up with just because we were so excited about the whole process and the world building Um, we each take a character for book one. She was the hero. Mm -hmm. I was the heroine. (laughs) And for book two, I was the hero. She was the heroine. And we just, um, we know who they are to start with. We did a lot of talking about it. We have a broad idea of where the book is going to go. The the broad synopsis. We're not really good plotters, but this sort of forced us to plot a little bit more. Okay we had to know, I guess, what the next three to four scenes would be. So we would mm-hmm. know, if I'm writing a scene in the hero's point of view, I needed to know where I needed that scene to end up. Mm-hmm. Right. And she needed to know where it was going to end, so she could start thinking about the next scene, which would be, you know, in the other point of view.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So um, sometimes if, if we hit a hard scene... You know I could send her a really rough draft and be like this is what I'm thinking what do you think and she could help walk me through it and mm-hmm. then she could go ahead and start on the next thing as well because she kind of knew had a good idea where I was gonna be
0: Yeah. did, did you, uh, you find
4: it was a process mm-hmm.
0: do you ever have to give tough feedback to each other um,
4: I'm, I'm sure, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it was never like we were always coming to each other, how do you make this better? So it's not like, right. oh, I don't really want to tell her this is not where it's supposed to be. You know, yeah. we we were both on the same page for the most part, I think. So it was never an issue giving tough feedback. And you have a
1: shared no, goal. We both have the same end goal. Mm-hmm.
3: Of we wanted right. to be as good as possible. The best possible. Book. At, we it both does. are not like. N- Super new writers, like we mm-hmm. have a handful of books under our belt, so that does thicken your skin a little bit when somebody says to you, "I'm not sure that this scene is working." And I mean, half the time when somebody says to you, "I don't think this scene is working," you already kind of knew that it right. was
0: working. Mm-hmm.
3: So, so there weren't really any issues in terms of of feedback. No, nobody was well, in tears. Right.
1: <laughs>
4: that we had been critique partners too, because mm-hmm. we were already used to giving each other feedback.
1: Totally. Mm-hmm. So. Now, can you function still as each other's critique partners in a situation like this? Or did the two of you then have to go and find other beta readers or people from outside the project entirely to kind of weigh in? Or did you feel that the two of you together are enough, you know, enough collaboration that way?
3: For the first book, we did have another writer friend beta read it for Mm -hmm. us. That's Mm -hmm. nice.
1: Yeah. Did that bring... for the other... Mm -hmm. Pardon? I was going to say, did that bring to light stuff that the two of you hadn't uh, addressed or thought about?
3: It did, yeah. She had some really good feedback that we did end up incorporating into the draft before we handed it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had kind of thought that we might do that again for the other two books, but we just we ran out of time and didn't have time to give it to yeah. a beta reader before we needed to give it to our editor. So, yeah. But we did use a, a separate beta reader outside of the two of us for the mm-hmm. first book.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How do you balance the demands cuz you're both still writing books independently on your own too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. I
4: actually have a deadline
1: Monday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, thank you for Maybe making time. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a you, it's it's the long weekend. Can't they give you till Tuesday? I guess it is while <laughs> we're recording. Um how do you balance The books you're writing together with the books you're writing on your own, do you have multiple things going at the same time, or can you keep things sequential, but you just have to work fast?
4: I think we were both pretty lucky in that. I mean, we had a little bit of overlap, but we were able to schedule it, I think, for the most part, where we could give most of our attention to the Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. co-writing without having much of an overlap. So that helped a lot. I I don't know how we would have done it otherwise.
1: So Tara, you were the original MMA fan. Do you? Yeah. Um, are there other sports that you think are just as romantic, or you would like to do other romances with? Does romance work if it's a non-contact sport like baseball or something, or it's just? Do you, does it really have to be up close and personal and shirtless and sweaty for for it to intrigue you?
3: No, I think any sport works. Um, I find. And I mean, I'm a total couch potato and I don't have an athletic (laughs) bone in my body, but I find athletes in sports fascinating. And I think that it's a really interesting thing to sort of peel back the layers of how somebody pushes themselves to the point where they are a professional athlete, where they are at the Mm. pinnacle of their sport. What kind of person does that make them? What kind of personality does that take? What is in their history that fuels them to excel this way? Uh, So I think those kind of basic principles Mm -hmm. work uh, with any sport. And I mean, it also comes back to the whole warrior thing. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at, you know, like uh, NFL players or, um, you know, other uh, like – Hockey players, or something like that. Like those guys are kind of warriors as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, other sports are quieter. I mean, I don't know if like a golfer romance would <laughs> really work. I was just gonna like
1: say that. I don't know about golf. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
3: I don't know, but I mean, other sports. Like I think I think baseball would definitely work. I think um, there's a lot of potential. Out there, I would love to read a series that's like set at the Olympic Games. Oh, Uh, that's interesting. Different
1: sports, bobsled, bobsled romance. It's going to be the next big thing. Yes, there
3: you go. Cool running.
1: (laughs) Yes, but it's true. I guess it's a celebration of excellence, maybe, as is what we really admire in our heroes
0: and single mindedness, which is the hallmark of a romance hero single minded um, attention to the heroine. So, Mm -hmm.
4: mm hmm.
3: Right. Very true, and athletes tend to be super confident as well. Which true, is also very appealing.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. also muscly.
1: <laughs> yes, that yes, doesn't hurt.
3: Also
1: muscly. That helps. <laughs> so um, Harper, what kind of heroine do you need to stand up to a really powerful alpha hero like the ones you guys are writing in this series?
4: Well, obviously, you need a very strong heroine who is willing to give back whatever they the, the hero sends her way. Uh, <laughs> she has to know who she is or be very confident on her path and finding out who she is as the story progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, like with Ashlyn in No Contest, she very much knew where she wanted to go in her life, and she was not letting Leandro stop her um, on her path until, well... She sort of did, but she made it work anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think it's just having that strong, intelligent heroine who is not afraid of standing up for herself.
1: Yeah, wonderful. They're the, they're the most fun to read. Yeah, totally. Now the series is set in Las Vegas. Um, and uh, did you uh, have to? What, what is what is it about Vegas? Did that uh, does that influence the story at all? It seems like such a sort of den of iniquity, but also fun. Uh, that it seems like it would be a good backdrop for a romance.
4: So part oh, of the reason totally I set... think Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, there yeah.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Part of the reason we set the series in Las Vegas is because the USC, which is the biggest MMA mm-hmm. league out there, their headquarters are in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so when we were at was it the RT convention like two years ago. Oh yeah. Um which was when we were starting yeah. to uh-huh. brainstorm this series and so we were doing a lot of research, and it just it felt like the right thing to do to set it in Vegas, which is kind of this, like, sexy, fun city yeah. mm-hmm. on top of the whole MMA angle. And then there's also that element of reality to it, because that is actually where the UFC headquarters are as well. So mm-hmm. it, it all kind of fit together that way. Part Did- of what were you going to say?
4: Basically everything you just (laughs)
1: said. See, you're a good team. Covered it. So does that mean that you had to take a lot of very important trips to see cool fights in Las Vegas in order to bring verisimilitude to your book?
4: That would have been wonderful. Uh, We did sort of do a lot of sightseeing while we were there for RT, but I did get a chance to visit Tara in Canada, and we did go see an actual MMA fight while we were there. Oh, that's cool. Cool. So that was really cool to see. It wasn't in Vegas, but, you know, <laughs> it was still an MMA fight. It was, it was really um, interesting to see, and I think it helped us to bring to life the fights that we actually write in the books. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, just to have that environment and the energy of the crowd to draw on, yeah. I think, was really great. So Tara did a very polite crowd because we were in Ottawa.
1: (laughs) I know it does seem like uh, MMA and uh, Canadian politeness aren't the most natural uh, connection, but maybe that's how you all stay so lovely is by uh, spending all of your rage and anxiety in either on the ice hockey rink or in the MMA cage. I don't know. Yeah, that could be. Now, a lot of pent-up rage up here. <laughs> well, we're not making it easy for you these days, I think. Um, you mentioned that one of the things that was interesting is that uh, the MMA uh, athletes all have... You kind of learn their backstories. They all have backstories, and you learn a lot about them, and it's not just the technique in the ring. Now, do any of the characters in your series reflect... Um, Either favorite fighters or you know uh, people, other people that you know in your own lives. Is there some uh, some truths behind the fictional heroes you've drawn?
3: Yeah. So the hero in the first book, Nick, he was definitely inspired by a real MMA fighter named um, Elias Theodoro, who is a Canadian MMA hmm. fighter. And I, I promise you, like Google him, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and so he kind of inspired Nick, and um, but uh, Gabe and Leandro were more just our own kind of creations. Um, mm-hmm.
4: They weren't inspired. Well, by the I, let's fighters. be honest. Gabe was going to be based on an MMA fighter, but then she showed me a picture of Chris Hemsworth putting on hand wraps, and I was like, done. That's <laughs> done. That's <a>
0: game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt just add some Chris Hemsworth I think that's a a good tip for for many romance fans he's
4: my my kryptonite so
1: works for me now um, I think we we always like to end our interviews with what we call true confessions and they're just some quick off the top of your head uh, answers for that I don't know we think maybe it's a personality test, we'll figure it out. We just like hearing the way all of these writers that we um, we get to talk to think about creativity and life and sometimes just snacks, things like that. So uh, lovely guest producer Diana is going to slide her computer over so I can see what our list of questions is. And then I think I will just switch off and ask them to you alternately um, okay. to start. But then um, you can each you can chime in as well if one of you also wants to contribute. So let's start with Tara. How do you prepare yourself to be creative? Do you have a ritual or a process?
3: Um, I guess so. I get up at five o'clock in the morning uh, when I'm drafting Mm -hmm. and I basically shuffle downstairs and I hit the Keurig until some coffee comes out. (laughs) And then I (laughs) grab my laptop and I write for uh, 90 minutes to two hours And I like writing in the morning like that because the house is quiet, there's nobody on social media, there's Mm -hmm. nobody texting me, there's literally nothing else I have to do except write. Mm -hmm. And it also forces me to be productive because I could be sleeping and instead I'm up and I'm writing. And I find that I get um, a lot of work done in that morning time. And I also like writing in the morning because it doesn't matter if I go on to have a stressful day, I'm not feeling great by the end of the day, my writing's already done. So nothing has taken that away from me.
1: That's smart. Yeah. I'm, I'm sometimes, uh, I, it makes total sense, but sometimes I'm sad at how often the people who are really great say that the creative impulse has to start at like four or five in the morning. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) all right. I get it. (laughs) So Harper, tell us what place do you find most conducive to working? Where do you like to work or do your best work?
4: Um, Where do I do my best work? I guess uh, we recently moved into a new house back in the summer, and I have a basement, which I converted a room into my office. Mm -hmm. And previously, my office was in our guest room, so there was a lot of other stuff in there, and it just wasn't quite my office. I find that I need a place where nothing else goes on there except work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It kind of helps to switch my brain on to know that, okay, now I'm working. I'm not doing anything else,
0: mm-hmm. and
4: that's what I'm focused on. Yeah. So as, as a matter of fact, if I have to do other things online, I try to even make sure I do that upstairs, and it's not something that I get used to doing in my office,
0: mm-hmm. because
4: I, I need that to be strictly for writing, because it really helps turn my brain on. That's Okay, smart. now it's time to work and think about the story and not all these other things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, clearing space is just sometimes the hardest thing, it seems like, to to get real meaningful creative work done. Um, All right. Mm-hmm. So, Tara, we know you're a coffee drinker because your process starts with whacking your Keurig around. So how do you take your coffee?
3: Uh, with a little bit of milk and a little bit of sugar.
1: <laughs> just enough to jump start in the morning. And, Harper, what's your go-to snack? Do you have writing fuel that you need?
4: My go-to snacks. Oh, I like chips. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't, but that's my go-to
1: snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I, res- I respect the chips. Who doesn't like chips? Everybody likes chips. I love
4: carbs. I
1: can't. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to like. I know I can't break up with carbs. I'm trying to uh, to taper off carbs a little bit more, and it's mm-hmm. it's hell. And I yeah. s- stand in the grocery store, staring kind of longingly at the chips, being like, No, don't buy that. Don't buy that. It's it's terrible I hate it
4: (laughs) I've tried to just not have them in the house because then I won't eat them but it just means late night trips to the grocery
1: store (laughs) right (laughs) now one of the next questions on our true confessions list is who's your favorite collaborator but I'm gonna guess we know that answer so instead I will ask each of you um, Tara you can go first Uh, tell us one thing that you really appreciate about your fellow writer on this series
3: I think it's that her instinct for story is so amazing. Like, even when we were critique partners, I would think that I had something that was like perfect, well not perfect, but like as perfect as I could make it, and I would send it to her and she would point out these little tiny emotional things that weren't quite adding up and I was like, oh my god, you just took this to the next level. And she has this knack for picking out exactly what you need to do to make the story that much better. And she just—I think it's because she has this instinct for story and for emotion
1: in a story that I just don't have. That's so great. And Harper, what's oh, the best really thing about? <laughs> 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 what's the best thing about working with uh, Tara, or what's one of her great qualities?
4: Um, I'm gonna go with maybe the opposite of—I call what she said a problem that I have because I can't sometimes stand back in the story. Um, to see the big picture, which is something she's really great at. She can make, I can be stuck hitting my head against a wall, and she can make something so difficult seem so simple. And I think it's because she focuses a lot on descriptive writing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. A lot that's not necessarily internal to the character, but is just as important, or maybe even more important, because you're setting the scene for that character. Mm-hmm. So she's really good at that and I feel like I've learned a lot from her.
1: It sounds like you really complement each to other. Do that yeah. All right, um our last question we will ask is what's your favorite romantic book? So it could be a romance or it could just be another book that uh you felt was really romantic. So Tara, you go first. What's your favorite romantic book? Or one of oh. your favorites.
3: Um I think it's kind of a toss-up between Outlander, because that's one of the books that made me want to write in the first place and write romantic stories in the first place, Mm -hmm. Um, or Sense and Sensibility. I mean, I know it's kind of a cliche, tried-and-true answer, but, I mean, Mm
2: -hmm. everyone's
3: still reading Jane Austen for a reason. It's because those books are so timeless, and they speak to such timeless, um, relatable themes. Yeah. So I think either Sense and Sensibility or Outlander.
1: Both. It sounds like a good double feature to me. I think. Go ahead and and read them. <laughs> Curl up. Take take your next uh long rainy long rainy or cold day. Get them both. And uh, uh, that sounds like some good reading. <laughs> Harper, how about you?
4: Um, I'm going to say uh, it's it's an older romance, Morning Glory by Laila Spencer. Mm-hmm. She's one of my absolute favorites authors ever Um, I love how she can take just these average everyday characters and if I would tell you the plot it doesn't seem like that much is happening in the story but she just brings it alive Mm -hmm. and makes it wonderful and magical and it's I mean these people could just be having dinner and it's like the most riveting scene you've ever read.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
4: I just really love her writing.
1: Oh, it's so true. And if Lauren were here, she would be, we wouldn't be able to hear anymore cause she would be shrieking with joy over that choice. Cause I know that, um, uh, she loves a classic romance too. And morning glory is really special. Uh, mm-hmm. all right. Um, we are wrapping up you guys, but it has been such a pleasure to talk to you both. Thank you for taking some time. And uh, I will remind, I'll remind our listeners that the Blood and Glory series is out in all of its blood and glory. You can, (laughs) the newest book is No Contest, but that's book three. So you can read Dirty Boxing and Takedown and enjoy No Contest. They all can stand alone, but uh, you're going to want to get a hold of all of them. So Harper St. George and Tara Wyatt, thank you again for joining us. Thank
4: you, ladies. Thank
1: Thank you. you. It was great. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. They were great. I would never have thought. I mean, I know MMA is really popular, but I feel like they explained a little more why. They did.
0: Why? And, like, I don't think I could work that closely with anyone, but it seems like they have a really good system and really, um, what's that word? Symbiotic, where they each see different things and play off each other's strengths. Absolutely. So that goes a long way.
1: Definitely. So I hope people check out their series, because... I'm inclined to check it out. Yeah, I really yeah. like talking to them. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do some reading this weekend. Yeah, it's
0: a it's a long. Uh, oh, I guess it won't be a long weekend when you're listening to this. Right, but... it's a long
1: weekend for us, not for our listeners. Sorry. But I hope they will all find time to read things. Uh, and uh, I think with that, we're gonna hang it up. Yeah. So enjoy your ongoing
0: collaborations, whatever they may be. Absolutely. That was a dad <laughs> joke worthy of me. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that was Kate. not a joke. That was real. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta close out. We
1: do. So we'll just ask you all to keep. listening listening uh rate and review us if you like what you're hearing and as always please remember that the best conversations happen happen after dark. dark